Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Green Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Simpson, and I help adult athletes establish longevity in their sport or activity through nutrition, mindset, recovery, and performance coaching. I am a certified holistic health coach, sports nutritionist, adult athlete, environmental scientist, and nature lover. I'm also the owner and founder of Healthy Green Athlete. The goal of this podcast is to provide adult athletes that are competing in any sport at any competition level with the knowledge and tools that they need to fuel, heal, and nourish their way to feeling, looking, and to performing their best at any age and maintain it for life. If you like this episode, please give it a positive review and share it with your friends, family, and teammates. Hello, and welcome back to the Healthy Green Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Simpson. And in this episode, I'll be sharing with you part two of my interview with Dr. Nicole Payne, who is a chiropractor, functional medicine practitioner, acupuncturist, human nutrition practitioner, mobility specialist, and kin stretch instructor. She's the owner and founder of Reclaim Restore Health, which is an integrative healthcare practice in London. And she's also the author of Eat, Move, Thrive 30, which is a plan to evaluate personal health and reveal your opportunities for growth by teaching how to eat, how to move, and how to recharge your life. So she knows her stuff, you guys, and she knows a lot about the things that adult athletes are most interested in. So in part one of this interview, Dr. Payne talked to us about the importance of mobility. And so we dove into several different concepts that she discusses in a lot more detail in her book. And in this episode, Nicole talks to us about some fascinating concepts such as evolutionary mismatch, controlled articular rotations or cars, and how mobility is not one of those physical changes that occurs due to aging. And in fact, it's caused by something else. And she'll talk about that. So with that, here is episode 11 of the Healthy Green Athlete podcast. There was something in your book that really stuck out to me. And I think it's because it just resonates with me personally and my values. At the beginning of the book, you mentioned that the Eat, Move, Thrive 30 is here to remind you, teach you, and guide you back to your human health roots. And I think you've touched on this a little bit already, but I want to hear from you what it what that means. Yeah, of course. Um, I think that's like really probably if I could say the human health roots is the premise of the whole book. And it's just really that like a lot of this stuff is not, like I said before, not rocket science. It's like eat well, move more, sleep, rest, recover. And then you have all your other stuff in life. But really our roots of human health and how we evolved as humans are we actually evolved to be outside to move to get anything whether it's food or you know try to save your family or community or dance or all that kind of stuff we evolved to move and we don't do that stuff anymore we we actually like we can click a button and all the foods delivered everything we don't even like many of our even our devices like we wouldn't gr- we would never grind coffee with a coffee grinder you would do it by hand if you were milling grains and all these kind of things and so the roots of human health and how our dna was forged which is way back when um is actually just eat well move thrive connect to people you know these kind of things and so 
I was trying to create, albeit obviously a big uh, book about it, uh, a way and a template for people to try and access some of that. So try to learn how to just eat well for your body and how to move better and how to thrive. And humans just really need sometimes, and I know that personally, I just did another um, 30 day reset kind of thing because sometimes you just need to reset and do those kind of things and it's just you do it with other people you have a bit of community that kind of stuff and I really think doing it together and just being like because you have to own consciously say no I need to actually take care of my health and take care of my mobility my movement before it gets to that point because I'll see patients in my clinic that are obviously in pain they've got shoulder impingement they've got back issues they've got whatever but you can intervene earlier. And so the hope for this book is actually you yourself can take this template and implement it into your life. You can, there's an assessment tool in it where you can actually assess how you're eating, how you're moving and how you're thriving so that you can then at the end of a 30 days where you implement some of this stuff, you can actually say like, oh, actually I can be better than I am now. And our roots of human health are just so far gone from what they are now so hopefully it actually helps people find them themselves well I think the other piece of this that you mentioned in your book too is that you don't have to give up the comforts of modern society so there is a way that you can integrate the more primitive um I guess benefits of human living and and evolutionarily how humans are designed basically but you don't have to you know sell your home and move out into the woods i mean that would be great for human health i think that the key here is that there is a way to balance both and to be part of our society yeah but to also flourish as a human being yeah i think a lot of people don't realize that um we often follow the grain society and culture the way the norms are And actually, you can change that. So you can add in movement mobility. You can eat differently than the norm. And, you know, if you go to a restaurant and most of the food is like this carb-based or processed, you actually don't have to eat that way. Like, you can eat meat and you can just ask. Nowadays, with every type of gluten-free, dairy-free, everything, you can actually just ask. And you can choose to eat in a different way. You can choose to move more. Like you say, you may still have to sit for your job. But actually, could you have breaks? Could you stand part of the time, sit part of the time? Could you do this mobility to try and combat that, you know, sedentary nature of your work? There's so much. And it's really, like you say about that integration, I'm not going to go live in the woods. I love my house and my comfort, you know, uh, and I will, I don't grind my own coffee. <laughs> I do roast my own coffee, but um, just because I like doing that kind of stuff. But it, it like you can insert it and you think of it like actually so much of our actual society is about convenience but if you're conscious about how we live is it actually necessary to do that like so much of the modern conveniences like I don't have a car I live in London and I'm lucky to to live in the UK and I've never needed a car I literally I've been here 15 years and I've never had a car I cycle, I go to the grocery store and I just figure out how to currently I use my children's buggy and push all the food and then (laughs) but there are ways to adapt and it's just what are your goals and it goes back to the beginning like what are your goals do you want to be healthy at 80 do you want to play sport to 60 70 80 because I do like you know I want to be able to do things with grandkids and all that kind of stuff we'll then work backwards and what 
what do you have to do? And you can be different than other people. Yes, you certainly can. You also mentioned a phrase in the book that I had never heard of before, and I have taken a lot of biology classes. And you mentioned this phrase, evolutionary mismatch. And I just was so fascinated by that. So this might just be a question for me, but could you tell, could you tell us a little bit more about what evolutionary mismatch is and then what we can do to address it? Yeah. So I first heard this term, I was taking the uh, functional range um, conditioning and the FRS seminars with uh, Dr. Andrew Spina, um, who is another chiropractor who invented that mobility system. And uh, he said it, he said evolution mismatch. And I was like, what's the same? I was just like, that sounds, cause I'm, you know, kind of into paleo and evolution and all these kind of things. And I was like, what? And what he meant by it really, and what I've then taken in my book as well, is that we, our genome was forged in a certain way, like evolution takes like hundreds and thousands of years. Our, if you look at our society, the sedentary, the processed food, it's really 100, 150 years. It's not really that much more than that, right? And you can debate on which foods and what kind of things, but really how we were forged in evolution is from way back when. And then if you look at the way we are today, eating processed food, not moving, not connecting to people sitting on a device on a phone and things like that don't get me wrong i like my phone i like to listen to podcasts <laughs> uh, but it, it's a mismatch so our body then has like an issue with this and it doesn't know what to do so we have these i think there i was listening to and reading a book about the same subject and about dopamine it's they called it the molecule of more and dopamine is this actual molecule in our brain that we all need and it gives us this. So when we want to strive for something and anticipate, we get dopamine. But when we have dopamine hit without any effort, there's a problem because actually we're then rewarded for nothing, right? So we are then, we are never taught. I mean, athletes, you know this, you work hard, you are training for something, you get your reward. You feel that high, that dopamine, and often feel the low as well after. But we don't get that and so people will sit on their phone and they will eat chocolate eat processed food they will get work on go on social media and they'll get a dopamine hit but they've done nothing right so then there's nothing sounds like a participation trophy (laughs) (laughs) uh, totally like no yeah a good job for participating but there's winners and there's losers and we all need to learn this yes. in life. I don't know. maybe it's just me being playing sports too much but it's totally true um because what do you learn what you have to strive and actually yeah. excel and push yourself right um obviously don't be mean to the children but <laughs> um but yeah so this dopamine is it's another way so our evolution gave us dopamine for a reason so that we would effort so we would you know hunt and gather food we would do whatever and then we would get this dopamine hit and they would feel good i i provided for my family i got this whatever and now we just sit there and we get it anytime we want and so it's almost like you have to consciously say no i should work for this and actually get that and so the mismatch is all these different things where how we live and how we were forged are not the same and we just have to figure out a way to marry that into society and actually say, okay, this is the way our culture and society lives. How can we make ourselves live more like how we were forged and how our evolution actually formed us, right? Yes, yes. 
So much. Yes. I love that. <laughs> you also, uh, this next question kind of goes back to our range of motion discussion. Um, and you, I think you did start to mention this, but I think a lot of athletes feel that a decrease in range of motion is just something that naturally happens with age and that there's really no way to get it back, you know? So, and I have recently learned that that's not true. And I want to hear that from you. Why is this not true? So, uh, some, some aspects of, um, human health hundred percent do decline. We're always declining. We're trying to stop the decline yeah. by exercising and doing all these things. Uh, so strength, there is really robust research that shows that actually strength by decade, you lose three to 8%, I think, or something like that, but three, that's a big range. So, you know, 3%, yep. if you strength train and if you exercise, then you can keep it less. Right. But mobility is actually it doesn't decline. It declines due to the way we live in our environment and our society and how we actually live. So you take a toddler and they move amazing. I watch my kids all the time and I was just like, how did you just get off the ground like that? Like, I'm just like so <laughs> jealous. Yeah. And one day I did this, I did this video. This was a couple of years ago. And my son was like probably two. And I just copied whatever he did for like about I don't know, half an hour. And I was exhausted because <laughs> it was just <laughs> up and down off the ground. Because they're like this and that, and that and everywhere. And I was like, wow, there's no restriction. There's no, it's just freely movable. We all are born. Well, we, we are born just like we have reflexes. So we're actually born as a baby that doesn't move. But then when we get to that age where we're four or five or so, we're actually born with that full mobility. And the only way we lose it is actually by stopping using it, right? So our brain actually controls this in the sense that if we don't have feedback telling us we need to keep that range, then our brain will say, ah, we don't need it anymore. The whole use it or lose it is so true because our brain is an efficiency structure. It wants to be as efficient as possible. If you don't lift your hand overhead, it will say, you don't need to do that. So why would I spend time keeping that range? And so it'll yeah. you'll lose it, which is actually where I ended up when I took the courses, I took FRC eight or nine years ago, I think it is. And like I said, I, my spine couldn't move. I had ankle restrictions, hip restrictions. Like I couldn't squat below chair height. And, yeah. you know, in volleyball, you kind of hold a chair height position <laughs> and in life you sit in a chair and I was like, Oh, of course that's, that's why I only can squat to chair height. Cause I don't go all the way to the ground. And so I then, took all this knowledge and actually applied all the principles, the FRC, the mobility, the cars, the pails and rails, and 100%, and this is what I always say to people, like it blew my mind how I could fix myself. So yeah. I had no internal rotation and I actually took a picture of, I did one shoulder and then the other is in this systematic way of actually improving that range. And literally one was here and the other one was all the way down. And I was like, this is, I'm like sitting there by myself. My husband's like, what is wrong with you? You're crazy. Uh, but I was like, this is amazing because I'm, I can fix myself. So yeah. then I went to that. I did every joint like, and there's still things I'm always working on because your environment is always trying to like adapt and change you. Right. So you have to keep working on it. But I, I have full range in my shoulders, my hips, I can squat bum to the ground and everything, but I couldn't, I literally couldn't squat bum to the ground. Yeah. And I was like, it actually only took me like 
months really like the input wasn't that much now I'm not 80 and arthritic so obviously there's limitations on things like that and how much you can gain but as a 35 year old or so 33 35 I actually fixed my mobility which was forged from being a student sitting about sedentary culture and repetitive sport like we don't realize like I love sport I watch like yeah. athletics and I watch volleyball. I think I was the only person at the Olympics here when we had it in London that was screaming at how they were playing. And everyone's like, just look at the bikinis. I'm like, oh my God, like, I can't handle this. But it's, yeah. it's sport is repetitive, so repetitive that what happens is you adapt to that repetitive nature. So you'll see in baseball players, they actually create more elbow external rotation. I don't even have that much range. Their arm will go 90 degrees back, right? Because that's what their pitching requires, right? And so you repetitively do stuff and yeah. they'll lose other range because their brain has said, mm, you don't need this anymore. You just need this. So we, we adapt, which is good. Like that's a really good thing because whatever your goal is, you can adapt that. And I'm not saying that every single person must have 100% mobility, but it's a, yeah. it's a good goal, really, <laughs> truthfully. Yeah. But really, what is your goal? Do you want to be able to, like we said, get up and down off the floor? Do you want to be able to, what sport? Do you want to play volleyball? Okay, if you only can move your shoulder, you know, in a small range, there'll be a limit on how long you can play that because you're going to be restricted. But if you get full range, oh my gosh, you're going to be, you're going to be flying, right? So tell us more about cars, how often we should do them, uh, when we can do them, because we're all so busy. So what are some, um, you know, tips that you have for incorporating these? And then maybe a couple of examples. Yeah, yeah. So uh, cars are something that I included in the book. They're the preventive mobility part of the book Um, done with control. And so when you're doing a car, which is literally just a joint circle, I can do my wrist and I'm going to be circling and going around. It's that we're trying to go to the active end ranges. So whatever your end range is, if you don't have full range, so we don't want to like go so far that we have to bend, we just go to what we have and we work that end range. And we do it actively and doing it actively gets a few things in there. So it gets blood flow in there, nutrition, things like that. And you're also really just pushing the end range of your joint a little bit each time. And so there's a reason to do cars and there's like quite a few. I'm actually going to list them off because there's so many reasons to do cars. So maintaining your range of motion huge and improving your range of motion is huge so cars and I I know a guy when we first took the FRC and he was like what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do cars for like two months and I saw him after and I was like you have a different hip all you did was cars like the whole system has so many other things to do where you're actually actively trying to gain new range and all these things and strengthen and etc but just cars these joint circles and I was like that is amazing. And so it's probably one of the most amazing things anybody could do and everyone should do. And so maintain the range of motion. Uh, so it pumps nutrition. Our joints in, in themselves actually need movement to get nutrition into them. So get blood flow, get nutrients in. And if you don't move them, which many of us don't, then actually they don't have good nutrition. And so you get out the waste products, you get in good nutrition, and you have to do that by movement. And so cars are the perfect way to just get that in, in a simple unloaded way. Uh, for screening, so cars routine, which we can go through in, in a little bit, is actually the perfect way to screen for any niggle. So when you had your knee injury, you could have said, 
Mm -hmm. I was doing my cars and this was tightening up and my ankle was tight. And so you're learning about your body and you're like, something's going on here. Something's right. And then you could have actually said, I'm going to see someone now to see what's going on before. That's the other, you can prevent injury hugely with cars. And so like whenever I do my cars and I'm like, oh, my shoulder's tightening up. What's happening there? I'll then do some of the work that I know how to rehab and get back range. And then I'm like, sweet, my cars are good again. And then it's fine. And such a great assessment tool. Uh, you can use them for rehab. So they're good for that uh, to improve your movement. And the other one that for your um, patients, your the athletes is for motor learning. So our yeah. joint capsule, so the actual ligaments, the deepest ligaments of our joint have direct representation to the brain. So most of what we do in motor learning and actually physically learning goes via the feedback loops through the spinal cord. So they go to the spinal cord and there's feedback loop and then it goes to the brain. But actually your joints have direct representation in your cortex, meaning they go right up. It's the quickest way to access. It's also the quickest way. So you say you want to learn new skill, you're learning how to hit in volleyball. You could actually do cars to help your brain learn. So you do your learning skill, you learn how to play, play hitting in volleyball, and then you do some cars. The way that our body adapts and moves is by afferent feedback, which is just the feedback from the periphery. So whether it's sensation and, you know, actually pain and touch and all these different things. And if we don't have that feedback, we then lose that. That's just use it or lose it. So if you stop moving that shoulder through a certain range of motion, it's getting less feedback. You will, that joint range will get smaller, right? And so this feedback goes to the brain. And so cars are the best way to do that. Uh, so I, when to do cars, I do them all the time. I'm a little bit weird. My husband is forever going. <laughs> so weird. Even just like, I'll, I'll get off the sofa and just start doing them. He's like, what's wrong with you? But I'll do them like in the grocery store. I'll do them on a plane everywhere. It's the best thing because it's like one check-in It mobilize your joints. You can self-adjust each night when we go to bed we say don't move for seven or eight hours. And our tissues create little tiny, tiny, like microscopic adhesions. And if you don't move every day, so say you don't move your shoulder through its range, you don't move your hips through the range, you will then have those little adhesions still stay there. And so then another night and another night and things get tighter, 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 stiffer. And really it's like you're just exploring that range of motion every day to maintain what you have. You look at, if you see um, cats, when cats wake up, they like stretch and move and do everything. And they're literally just moving their whole body and their joints, right? And so we re we need to be like them, basically. We need to be like cats and move everything through everything. And so then obviously, how do we put that into our regular daily life? Because obviously I'm like, every day I do cars all the time. People are gonna be like, yeah, that's not happening. Um, so I tell people, just like the system, the FRS system says, is do the morning routine when you first wake up. Now, not everybody can do that. I personally don't do my cars in the morning because I have two small children that wake me up and they're like, so I do it when I have the time. So I come to work and I'll do it before I start work or, you know, I do it when I'm in the gym. I like to do cars in between sets of weight training, strength training and things like that. And so you can do them anytime. But it's always a good idea if you have the time to do your seven, eight minute routine first thing in the morning. So, you know, before I had kids, I would do them. I would be making my coffee and I'm like, OK, I'm going to do my cars and then I get my coffee kind of thing. So, you know, like anything, you have to input it through your day. But then you can sprinkle more of them throughout your day whenever 
you can and I'll do that like forever my neck is a bit stiff and tight whether it's from sport or work or what it is so I'll just do more neck circles throughout the day you know just sprinkle more in of whatever you need so this has been so great. I have no more questions for you right now. I mean, I do have plenty more questions, but um, I will stop them now. And I, I just want you to tell listeners how we can learn more from you, how we can connect with you, how we can get your book. Tell us all those things. And I, and if you have any links, I will make sure to put those in the episode notes as well. So people have easy access. Perfect. Amazing. Uh, thanks so much, Karen. It's been yeah. really fun. And I, I love talking about this. I can talk about it forever. And so it's great for me. Um, the ways to find me, um, Instagram, I'm at eat, move, thrive 30. So that's super easy. Just eat, move, thrive 30, just like the book. My website is the same, eatmovethrive30.com. And that's where you can buy the book. So you can buy a copy there and I will sign it and, and then ship it to you. Or you can also buy it on Amazon. So it's on Amazon as a Kindle or print book. So you can get both. Yep. Um, and then the other place where there's lots of this mobility stuff. And honestly, I always tell people just go there and do start doing them. Because I think the more people have access to free information, the better is uh, Eat New Thrive 30 on my YouTube. So there's like okay. many, many videos on there about this mobility, even some cooking videos that weirdly have a lot of <laughs> hits <laughs> it's just like why are people watching me make a uh, flax bread <laughs> but, uh, but yeah so that's where you can find me uh and the preventive mobility routine it usually takes about eight minutes it's on there so you can just check out that channel on youtube and actually just follow along okay awesome well thank you so much and maybe we'll have you back on another episode to talk a little bit more about nutrition and some other things that you are an expert in. And I'd love to hear more about your journey as an athlete. And there's so many things I think we could really dive into a little bit deeper. But all right, Nicole, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You too. We'll be in touch. Bye.